Daughters of Darkness is a celebration of the beauty in darkness, a weekend-long festival in Salem, Massachusetts, designed to recognize women artists and entrepreneurs who specialize in the peculiar, the obscure, and the downright odd. Organized by Die With Your Boots On, Witch City Wicks, Fun Dead Publications, and The Cemeterarium, April 3rd through 5th, go to SalemDaughtersOfDarkness.com for more information. Blood and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast, part of the Dorkening Network, with hosts Dr. Chris and Ro Lauren. Twice a month, we will talk about a Hammer Horror film, only the horror movies of the Hammer catalog from the Britain studio from the 60s, 70s, and the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Join us as we not only discuss the film's plotline, but also factoids about the different actors, production crew, and behind-the-scenes facts, as well as going over any of the information that happens to be on the Blu-rays or DVDs from these fantastic films. We will be covering classic films from Hammer's catalog, Horror of Dracula, Horror of Frankenstein, Brides of Dracula, Prince of Darkness, Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, just to name a few. We will also not be shying away from topics like sex, blood, and abuse towards women that many people may think be too taboo to talk about. Join us again twice a month here on the Dorkening Network and check out the rest of the shows on the Dorkening Network. You can find us at ChrisDSAV on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at RoLorn, R-O-L-0-R-E-N. to another episode of Goth Girl Horror, the official hack slash podcast. Why is it the official hack slash podcast? Someone emailed me. And I was like, oh, well, you missed our episode with Tim Seeley back in April when on the show, the creator of Hack Slash, I asked him, can we be called the official hack slash podcast? And he declared that we are the official hack slash podcast. So I thank you for coming back and joining us for issue 11 of the Devil's Due Press original run. And on the show with me tonight to talk about Hackslash and possibly be joining Hackslash for future episodes is all the way from Australia, Ellie Christina, cosplayer. Thank you for coming on the show with us, Ellie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry that I don't have the Australian accent that you're expecting. No, it's okay. If you go to Ellie's Instagram at Ellie Christina, you'll actually see right at the very top in her bio, she explains she is from Canada, living in Australia. 
<laughs> yeah, otherwise I get way too many offended people very disappointed that I don't have the uh, the Australian accent. But I fell absolutely head over heels in love with Ellie's cosplay of Cassie Hack and sent her an email and said, you have, you, you must know who this character is because she's insanely obscure. She's not the Black Widow. She's not Storm. She's not Jean Grey. She's not the Invisible Woman. I mean, Cassie is very, very obscure in the comic book community until they ever make a movie. And I was like, this woman has to know who she is. She must read the comic books. I must have her on the show. And oh my god, the rest of her cosplays are breathtaking. Do you work on all your own cosplays? Actually, I will, um, I will commission some. I will alter others, and I will make others from scratch, depending on the costume itself, what I'm using it for, and how much time I have. And so with Cassie Hack, that basically kind of bits and pieces from all over, and you can alter them because basically she's a real-life character wearing real-life clothes. And you're also a rock climber, too, because there's several pictures of Instagram on you uh, rock climbing a wall and just, like, massively working out the muscles. <laughs> Uh, I do love indoor bouldering. That is, besides cosplay, that is my other one true love. Um, if I'm not working on cosplay, I will be at Adrenaline Vault uh, working on setting some roots. My, uh, fav- you also cosplay as my favorite female comic book character. Can you guess who that is? It is not And Cassie. it's not Cassie Hack? And it's not Cassie Hack. Ooh. Sorry, Tim um, Seeley. Obscure or mainstream? Mainstream, but never been turned into a live-action character. Ooh. So a character that we just I... talked about, by the way, has been made into a live-action piece-of-shit movie for Showtime in the <laughs> 90s. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Black Cat. Black Cat. Oh, my goodness. I own okay, every appearance we... of Felicia Hardy, Black Cat. My heart goes a pitter, a patter. Every time I see a black cat You threw me for a loop because she was originally meant to be in uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, we got some woman named Felicia. They never confirmed that was Felicia Hardy, so I don't don't believe that. But before we started recording, we were talking about your amazing and just absolutely incredibly sexy Vampirella cosplay. And and she had a movie once on Showtime starring Talia Soto. And let me tell you, she only wears the costume on the poster and the box art. In the movie itself, it is the worst thing since Halle Berry's Catwoman costume. <laughs> that is a pretty big call. That is a pretty huge call. Yeah, let me tell you, I've seen that movie. It's complete garbage. Moving on to the issue at hand, we're going to talk about Hack Slash <laughs> number 11, and Ellie is going to do the plot synopsis for us. Okay, bear with me. All right. So... Issue 11 uh, is by Tim Seeley and Jeremy Roberts. It is called The Coldest Dish or The Return of Pooch. That's my personal because Pooch is my favorite character. Uh, It has five storylines from five different locations and characters. Hold on, hold on, hold on. on. Oh, okay. Jeremy Roberts is the cover artist. I was looking in the credits going, where the hell is Jeremy Roberts next to Emily Stone? Okay, I see what you did. Okay, I'm sorry. So it has five storylines, five different locations um, from five different characters' point of views. A brief couple of pages for Georgia, giving us a teaser for a future issue. Poor freezing pooch who has been dropped in Wisconsin and our potential mass killer Nathan in Portland. Chris and Lisa in Indiana. And of course, tying them all together is Cassie and Vlad. Cassie is struggling with her sexual identity and the search for her father. Rather than having to face these issues and what they could mean for her, she's desperate for an escape. 
Searching for slashers keeps me focused, keeps me from feeling anything but anger. Enter Nathan, a masked killer, brutally slaughtering the murderers and drug pushers of Portland after the death of his wife. Meanwhile, Pooch returns to Hack Slash after being sent from Neff to find Cassie in Chile, Wisconsin. He's filmed trying to free Elvis from a storefront display. The video makes its way to Chris and then Cassie, which results in Chris's first solo mission. Capture the Hellhound, much to Pooch's delight. Recurring theme about whether direct, um, directing killing urges to bad people, if it still makes you bad, is brought up in the Nathan, Cassie, and Vlad storyline, which adds yet another element that Cassie doesn't want to have to address. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm just really happy to have Pooch back. <laughs> I'm going to break your heart on this one because I broke my old co-host's heart. I am not a fan of Pooch. I'm going to hang up right now. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> How's it, why, okay, why are you not a fan of Pooch? I just think he is annoying and ugly. <laughs> he's, he's so endearing. Wait, wait, wait. How do you feel about Vlad? Oh, I love Vlad. I, he, he's got this, like, monstrous quality to him that reminds me of the Frankenstein monster. So on Vlad, his monstrosity is endearing, but on Pooch, it's horrifying? It's the teeth with no lips thing. It's always terrified me. Have you ever seen Cabin in the Woods? <laughs> I have. Okay. I love that film. Yes. One of uh, one of my favorite actresses to have on the show from that movie, uh, she has a scene where her, like, her face is, like, eventually, like, rotted off and, like, she's missing her bottom teeth, like, her, her lips or whatever, and her teeth are showing. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that solidified it for me that, um, creatures with no lips and their teeth showing kind of terrify me. Not Cabin in the Woods. I'm sorry. I didn't mean Cabin in the Woods. What was the Eli Roth movie with the, with the virus that eats people and starred, uh, uh, Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World? I have no idea. Cabin Fever. That was a, Cabin okay. Fever. I that haven't was, seen that one. Okay. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I'm uh, thinking, oh my god, Cabin in the Woods, I don't remember that. Is that like one of the monsters that are getting released? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I meant I meant, uh, I meant, meant Jordan Ladd, in, uh, she played Karen, in The Cabin Fever, which was about a flesh-eating virus. And this movie was directed by Eli Roth, a Massachusetts native, uh, who uh, was famous for making the, the Hostel films. Yeah, I've seen Hostel. Yep. Wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily want to watch them again. <laughs> But Pooch is, like, okay, so Pooch, first of all, he's, like, completely subverting your expectations of what a hellhound should be. He looks like the most similar dog breed that I can think of would be a greyhound, which is, like, the most delicate and most, like, soft and gentle creature, right? And then, like, his his mouse to me is kind of like a dog that's been abused or tortured and who still finds love and still finds hope and doesn't realize what he looks like. You know, if a human looked like that, they would be in pain and they would be miserable or cynical. Whereas Pooch is just like, Hey, I am what I am. Give me love and I'll love you. And that to me is just so, I just want to hug him so badly and knit him his sweater. The cover for this issue has Cassie doing this uh, over the head, baseball bat coming down on what appears to be the killer from this issue with the hockey mask, who's not actually a bad guy, which is kind of nice. Uh, it's too bad. Wait, yours is a hockey mask? Mine's like a baklava. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean a hockey mask. I meant a. Uh, I meant what you just said, yeah. I'm sorry. sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The other cover has Cassie 
with her back to the wall. Sorry, with her, she's facing us. She's got a cut across her face, and there's like red stripes going back and forth behind her. Kind of a dull cover by Jamie McCleave. It looks nice. Cassie looks good, but the background just doesn't do it for me. Whereas Tim and Jeremy's cover is cityscape, and I love it. Yes, 100%. Plus, I always love dynamic movements. <laughs> so they're in Portland, Oregon. Oh, sorry. We're, we're, uh, we're in Portland, Oregon, and that's where we meet our uh, vigilante, actually. Not really a killer, but our vigilante as he feeds somebody to the We don't know if he's a vigilante until a bit later. Yeah. We're meant to expect that he's our masked killer. Right, just like the first issue where we meet Cassie and Hack, the the first page we believe uh, this 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 guy is gonna kill these two teenagers, and and then we find out oh one of these teenagers is Cassie. But this wood chipper thing reminds me of an episode of Friday the Thirteenth, the TV series. Have you ever seen that? I have not, but it reminded me of um, Tuck and Dale versus Evil, which I just rewatched recently, yeah. Um, yeah. which was hilarious. The scene, yeah. but so it was hard to take this one as uh, seriously and brutal as it was meant to be. <laughs> With uh, the Joker voice actor Alan Tudyk from uh, also from yes, Rogue One, right. also from Rogue One. Um, but yes, uh, that's yeah. Right. There was a uh, so basically it's a it's it's about a couple cousins who have to hunt down cursed antique objects um, that were cursed by the devil and one of the objects was a wood chipper that was sold at their antique store. Don't ask me, that's not exactly the place I'd go to for buy a wood chipper, but sure. Um, and you feed the wood chipper people, it shoots out money. <laughs> Does it have to be alive people? Yes. It wants, I, I like that. It wants, Obviously, this was a critical point, but it did definitely have to be alive people to get the money. It wants souls, basically. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I love I love that someone came up with that idea and actually managed to get it made into a TV series. Right. Um, then we meet Pooch in Wisconsin, and he is looking to... Uh, save his master, and he runs into a glass window and then bumps his head because he sees a picture of the king, Elvis Presley. Which, again, is so endearing. He doesn't understand how glass works. Uh, switching over to Cassie, also in Oregon, uh, she reminisces that uh, three days driving around Northwest checking out names from a list we pulled out of a lab that made the island of Dr. Moreau look like Mr. Wizard's World. Did you, and I'm not going to ask your age, but did you or did you, were you ever aware of Mr. Wizard? No. No idea who Mr. Wizard is. Okay. Mr. Wizard was a uh, children's program that ran from 1951 to 1965 and then came back in 1983 to ran to 1990 on Nickelodeon uh, about, a, about a, a man who would teach children about science. And on the TV series The Big Bang Theory, they had their own version of Mr. Wizard, uh, Professor Proton. Okay. Um, this is all sounding very sweet and child-friendly, which, in context, not so much. Oh, it is. He was a very nice man. Um, he, uh, I believe, I don't think he is still with us anymore, but uh, Mr. Wizard taught many a people to get involved in science in some way. Um, and a lot of oh. fictional characters have used, been, uh, he, they, he has been used in their backstory about how to get into science. For instance, like... Uh, Buckaroo Banzai, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Oh, uh, so, so wonderful. The Island of Dr. Moreau uh, is a book that has been turned into multiple movies, probably the most famous. Yep. Uh, <laughs> starred Marlon Brando and uh, Val Kilmer and was 
one of the worst movies ever made. Never watched it before precisely how critically panned it was, but I do think it would be an amazing B-grade movie night uh, edition. Right. If definitely. you can even find it anymore. Oh, you can easily find the, the DVD of the movie. It's, it, that's, that's, that's definitely not an issue. It's based on a novel by H.G. Wells, printed in 1896, a year before the famous novel by Bram Stoker, Dracula. I did not know about the 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 date between Bram Stoker and H.G. Uh, Wells. I have a I have a uh, biography by um, Ron Perlman, and he was in the Island of Doctor Moreau, and he talk he has a whole chapter talking about how what it was like to to try to work with Marlon Brando. <laughs> try being the operative word right there. Right, right. Um, so while well, Cassie's at this diner trying to figure out who her father is. She sees a guy in a Star Trek uniform and starts giving him the eye and then realizing she's doing it, which shows, by the way, that Cassie is not a complete lesbian. She does have an attraction to men because she does sleep with two men at some point in her comic book career, Ash from the Evil Dead and the Pumpkin Man. <laughs> the Pumpkin Man. Yeah, love it. Yeah, and Ash from the Evil Dead because he's Bruce Campbell. and. <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, Wasn't was the pumpkin man like Samhain or Samhain? Samhain. Samhain, yeah. Samhain? There Samhain. you go. Yep. <laughs> I just, pumpkin head man, I just, uh, it just completely makes him seem so gentle and like small part. <laughs> Cassie would rather go hunting down the masked man responsible for the deaths of several people than go chasing after Pooch. She shares my sentiment. It's because she knows that he's so lovely and sweet that he's not going to cause any damage. So she sends Chris instead. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The most useless of the bunch. If he can handle it, anyone can handle Pooch. Then we switch over to Montana really quickly, and there is a woman, invest there's a, some cops investigating what looks like a destroyed... Facility? Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what is it? Is it a cage or something, or it's a house? Um, it looks like support structures. I think just because they've tried to make it look like it's been gutted, it gives the appearance of a cage. But up close, those would be the struts that are between all the plywood or the plaster holding the walls up. Right, right, right. And Mrs. Jow Orski, we see her again soon, don't we? We do. We do indeed. We do indeed. Uh, a little foreshadowing coming up. Um, this book jumps around a lot, because then we switch back over to Oregon, and our resident serial killer, who is sleeping in bed, uh, gets a note that somebody is looking for him. Be careful. Surprised he doesn't wear an eye patch. I mean, I think it's meant to be kind of, he's leaning into it. He doesn't want to pretend that nothing hasn't happened. He wants people to feel a tiny, tiny bit of, of the horror that he's gone through. Then we switch over to Florida with uh, Georgia taking classes for acting. Yeah, with a little bit of a, again, another teaser for a future issue. I believe that is Vlad's um, squeeze, isn't it, next to her? The blonde? Isn't that the woman uh, from uh, the uh, Rocks, the um, Nikki Six story? Um, it's kind of hard to tell because she's got glasses on and it's from pretty far away and her hair is a slightly different color. No, 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 no. I meant the woman, uh, the blonde woman um, who's talking to Georgia. Oh, um, 
again, didn't didn't Vlad Squeeze have long hair? Uh, I, I guess, but she could have cut it. I was just assumed because maybe she was talking to Georgia, and these two, you know, may have stuck together after their adventure with Kathy and Vlad. Yeah, but it wouldn't make sense that she would know what's happening with the usual classes if they've both started the class at the same time, how the squeeze would know what was going on when Georgia didn't. Right, right, definitely. Well, what was her name, too? Oh, it started with a T, didn't it? Oh, God, no. (laughs) No idea. We'll just call her Vlad Squeeze. Vlad Squeeze, (laughs) the woman that he was like, I had the sex, (laughs) woohoo! Plus, I love that he wasn't a hundred percent sure as well until he was in Neff, and then, or until, uh, till he was in the backstage room trying to get sent to Neff. What is the song that Chris is playing on his original iPod, by the way? Danzig Mother. Danzig's Mother. Are, are you familiar with uh, Danzig's music? I am not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mother is a song by heavy metal, um, like American heavy metalist band Danzig. It was originally released August 1988. Wow. Okay. There you go. So a little bit of heavy metal while he's hunting pooch. Uh, Danzig is a um, he is a mixed bag of whether or not you love him or hate him or not. Okay. I have a confession to make. I don't listen to a lot of music, um, and definitely. Definitely, it's basically just like whatever happens to be on, that's what I'll listen to. So, um, unfortunately, I have absolutely no no idea of what, what Danzig would sound like. That's fine. I mean, I work at a radio station, so music kind of like flows out of me sometimes, but I, I even get stumped by certain uh, music sometimes, too, so don't, don't feel bad. <laughs> um, but while Chris is listening to Danzig's heavy metal music in the van, what movie is Lisa watching? Right next to the box of pop, the ba- the bowl of popcorn. Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias, a 1989 American comedy drama directed by Herbert Roth. Uh, now that one I have seen, and sorry. I did not appreciate because um, type one diabetes. I I'm a type one diabetic. Oh, <laughs> nothing to be sorry about. But the type one diabetic in the film, it's not a. I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, suffice to say, it didn't leave me feeling great. <laughs> Um, starring Sally Field, Julia Roberts, Dolly Parton, Daryl Hannah. What a huge all-star cast for the time period. And it came out in 1989, which was the year of the Batman movie. Oh, look at, wow. Okay. That, that, wow, that's making me feel old. <laughs> What's funny, okay, so I also have to correct myself. Not to be confused with the upcoming movie starring Robert Pattinson that is called The Batman this is the Michael Keaton Batman with Jack Nicholson as the Joker, uh, one of the three best Jokers that we've ever seen, alongside, of course, Heath Ledger and now uh, Jack King Phoenix. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so Kathy and Vlad go investigate the bus depot, and Vlad has his two giant cleavers out, and then he gets tired. Get it? Because it's tired <laughs> getting thrown around him. <laughs> Jokes are bad on the radio, on this uh, podcast, by the way, folks. Just, just you know, stay with us. <laughs> I really wish, I really wish, could, like, you had the little, if you could share one photo, it would just be of that. <laughs> what, him getting tired? Yeah, him getting tired in the bus depot. Oh, we can. We can share photos on the, uh, we have the uh, Twitter. <laughs> um, do you have Twitter, by the way? I don't use Twitter, which is really interesting because in Australia, it's not really that big. But I was over in America last year 
And that was like the number one social media that people would ask for, like, what's your Twitter handle? It was huge. It's like everyone is on Twitter, whereas over here in Australia, it's not that big. It's not it's not a huge thing. What is the stuff? Well, we oh, it's we it's weed killer. Is that what he squirts into the guy's face? Yeah, weed killer. Okay. Um, I thought maybe it was gasoline, but then of course he never get lights him on fire. What he does do is kill him with a uh, weed hacker. <laughs> just to keep just to keep the weed theme going. Right, 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 right. Um, Chris gets Pooch and is on the way back to incorporate incorporate him into the cast. <laughs> but the one thing I didn't quite understand was why does our vigilante die? Because he'd already been shot in the stomach. Okay. That's what it was. Okay, I missed it. I was trying to find <laughs> that, and I was just like, where? What did I miss that he got shot? Okay, all right, I got it. Yeah, yeah we right. don't actually see it. We just, um, the the big bad guy, he's got Cassie talking about how he's going to perforate her, um, is saying that he's not surprised that he hasn't shown up because he already shot him in the stomach. Right, right, right. Um, and and Cassie wants to ask him about love and how does love work? And unfortunately, then he dies and she doesn't get the answer to her question. Which again, how would you explain that? If that if that if someone asked you that on your dying breath, like how would you explain knowing that you're in love? Right, definitely. But at least he's now reunited with his wife. Hopefully. <laughs> in the with letter- both eyes open. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, with both eyes open. <laughs> Like the song by Chris. That was like that was like that was like one of his parting lines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the letters page, uh, which is answered by Tim Seeley, in the lower right hand corner, somebody created a Cassie Little Wee, um, in, uh, character. We when the Wee first launched in 2006, you could create these little tiny, little emoji characters based on who you were, and that's who you would play when you interact with people online in uh, online video games on the Nintendo Wii. I think they were called Miis, weren't they? M-I-I? Miis, that's what it was. Yes, the Miis on the Wii. The Miis on the Wii. <laughs> they talk about in the letters page about the upcoming bump hack slash crossover. I do not know what bump is, do you? I have no idea. Do they give a, a picture or any kind of hints for that? Well, the person who's uh, writing to Tim Seeley, uh, J.F. Bovin, says, One question I have. I couldn't find an answer on the forms. Do you remember what internet forms used to be? (laughs) No, actually, nope. (laughs) Internet forms are basically the social media of their time period, and you could write anything you want in there, and everyone had an opinion. Oh, I know what they are in theory. Just uh, It was a little bit before my time. Yeah, they weren't fun, let me tell you. Um, so he asks, I couldn't find uh, an answer on the forums. What will happen with the Hackslash versus Bump crossover now that Fangoria Comics has gone out of business? I would hate to even Ooh. to see even one panel of Hackslash goodness go to waste. And Tim says the crossover, formerly known as Bump Hackslash, will be appearing in issue 12 and 13 of this very title. And I'm a big fan of Mr. Lovecraft. Expect one or more famous creatures to make an appearance. That's great. I did not know that Fangoria had comic books and, or a comics line, so when uh, it comes time to those issues, which is, oh, wait, 12 or 13, that's the next uh, the next two issues, I'm going to have to do a little research into Fangoria comic books because I wasn't aware of 
the bump characters. I guess I guess I'm assuming that has something to do with going yeah. bump in the night, maybe. But uh, I'll find out in the next issue. Yeah, I'm I'm curious now. Yeah. And even I mean, obviously the company is out of business, probably from the four I actually picked stop. up. Um, half stop. Flash, but stop. I've never even heard of it. Stop! 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 It's that stupid sound keeps coming up. So just repeat what you just said. Haven't heard of that publishing company. I'm assuming that they went out of business before I even picked up my first copy of Hackslash. Um, so I'm very curious about what they did and if any other publishing uh, companies picked up any of their titles. Well, okay. So here's just a little bit of uh, horror magazine education. Fangoria magazine Ooh. published uh, all the way back in the eighties actually went out of business. Oh, so it was a magazine. Went out of business for one full year due to a lot of horrible mismanagement with the company. In fact, if you want to know more about what happened, go on to the Radio Horror YouTube channel and watch my video about what happened to Fangoria Magazine. Then scroll up and you can find an interview with the new publishers and the new heads of Fangoria Magazine talking about what happened to the magazine and how they're going to revive it. Fangoria Magazine was famous for putting the goriest images from the horror movies on the cover of their magazine, not just on the inside. Oh, oh, I bet that did not go down too well in certain circles. Nope. And they didn't care because that's what the freedom of speech is all about. They're published four times a year. The subscription is $60 a year, I believe, or $10 per magazine at your local newsstand, published again quarterly. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Very, very interesting little fun trivial fact there. Uh, but we'll get more into the comic book line of Fangoria, as well as some information about Fangoria and what they're doing today in the next episode. Some of the ads in this issue – oh, sorry, the back of the comic book ha- – says the same thing that's been printed on the back of almost every one of these Hackslash comics. Uh, Hackslash is what Buffy might have been if it had been created by Wes Craven and Rob Zombie instead of Joss Whedon. Hmm. And has Cassie wearing a He-Man belt buckle – with uh, rhinestone-studded, uh, uh, sorry, not rhinestone, but uh, metal-studded wrist bracelets, and she's covered in head-to-toe in blood, and she's washing her hands in the sink while a girl in a low-cut blue tank top is smearing makeup on her face, shocked by Cassie's appearance. <laughs> oh, I love that. I yeah. love that, especially the He-Man belt. I don't have that cover because I think I have the Hackslash versus Bump cover for that issue. Because uh, there was two covers, and they actually connected to each other, issues 12 and 13. Um, but ads in the issue itself are for Free Comic Book Day. Do you guys have Free Comic Book Day in Australia? We have Free Comic Book Day, uh, and we absolutely love it. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's amazing. I have only been to Free Comic Book Day in uh, London and in Australia, so I'm not sure how either of those would differ from America, if at all, but hugely popular day. Lines out the door. Uh, we have an ad for the Battlestar Galactica action figures, as this is 2008, and Battlestar Galactica was kicking ass in the ratings on the Sci-Fi Channel at this time. We also have an ad for Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, which at this time was owned by Devil's Due Press, but now is currently owned by Dynamite Entertainment, who publishes Red Sonia, Purgatory, the Chaos comic book characters, and the voluptuous vixen of Draculon, Vampirella. I know it's considered um, not necessarily that feminist, but I disagree, and those are all some of my favorite characters that I've cosplayed. <laughs> Um, you do, did you know that, uh, 
the four people that created Vampirella, one of them, the the person who designed her actual costume was a woman who was a self-proclaimed I did feminist. know that. Yeah. And I completely disagree with the whole people rolling their eyes. I feel like the people that roll their eyes at the covers have never actually picked up an issue or a volume and read through it. Correct. I recommend reading the original Warren run of Vampirella. I definitely recommend reading some of the Harris run, especially by Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison came around to Vampirella and really revitalized the character. In fact, sitting next to me is Vengeance of Vampirella, Volume 2, Number 5, and on the cover is cosplayer Ivy. Don't have the last name, just Ivy. Ivy Doom Kitty? No, definitely not Ivy Doom Kitty. Uh, this is someone <laughs> else named Ivy. Oh, okay. Wonderful. I do love that Dynamite does that, that they uh, that they get cosplayers in and put them on a certain covers. It's always amazing. Yes. In fact, uh, Kara Nicole, AZ Power Girl, uh, was the cover model for issue number two, and she is going to become my cover model after Fire Bitch, which is her comic book that just got off of Kickstarter. Um, she's going to be my cosplay model for my version of Dracula coming up. Oh my god, amazing. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. I am so excited. There's also an advertisement for the NYE incidents in the back of the comic book, and that is it for the ads. Yeah, I I have no ads. (laughs) I cannot add anything to this part of your your podcast. That's fine. Um, A lot of times, Devil Do Press seems to repeat the same ads per issue, so we'll skip over ads that we've seen before. But it's always fun to revisit them sometimes and be like, what was popular in pop culture back in April of 2008. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I picked up my first copy of Hackslash until maybe 2000 and I want to say like maybe 14, 15. That's when I started reading it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> completely, completely different time frame to when those were relevant. And then you immediately had to cosplay the character? Um, yeah, so hacks, so at the time I was reading like a lot of um, Garth Ennis and I kept getting drawn to this, this um, like omnibus of, of Hackslash because of the front cover and I was like, you know, it, it looks like it's going to be like a really kind of tongue in cheek, just like um, bit of a bimbo whatever and I just kept going back to it because of its art and so then um I asked the guys at the comic book store and they're kind of like ah you know if you're reading if you're reading Garth Ennis this might not be your cup of tea and bought it anyway and absolutely fell in love and had to have the entire collection and that was on my to-do list so I think I've done about three or four different versions of um Cassie Hack cosplays because she's just she's she's one of my best girls (laughs) Really? We, we, I think I only know of the one photo I've seen of you doing um, hack slash uh, Cassie, but we would love to repost them on Twitter if you could send them to us. <laughs> okay, I will uh, go into my archives and, and see what I can dig up, but I think, uh, I think I just kind of went for the more, you know, general, you know, red and white striped shirt or the mesh or whatever, but my personal favorite is uh, taken inspiration from the very first issue where she's doing the camp counselor or I think it's the second issue and she's doing the camp counselor thing and um, having to pretend to be a horny camp counselor so I've got the shirt all made up and um, yeah so different versions in that sense 
the uh, hack slash Twitter, the sorry, the Goth Girl Horror hack slash Twitter is the only social media for this podcast. We're not starting a Facebook page. The podcast has not been around long enough to start a group. We have a very decent fan base, but we're just we're not maintaining a whole group on Facebook. It's it's too much time and effort. But uh, if you would like to follow the Goth Girl Horror, go to at Goth Girl Horror on Twitter. Follow us there. New episodes are to be posted bi-weekly. Tim Seeley follows us there and has given us praise um, as he has been on the podcast. Um, but there is no Facebook for Goth Girl Horror, and there will be no Facebook for Goth Girl Horror. It's just easier to maintain one social media account for this podcast. Um, and Ellie has an Instagram that you can follow her on. I do. It is Ellie Christina. Um, and I post there pretty regularly, but be warned, it is a lot of climbing, not just cosplay. Correct. Yes. Um, thank you so much, Ellie, for joining me for this issue of Hackslash number 11. Thank you so much for having me. This was so, so much fun. Yeah. I loved your energy for the, for the podcast and come back in a couple of weeks, people, as, uh, Goth Girl Horror will be discussing what bump is and whatever happened to Fangoria Comics. Here on Goth Girl Horror, the official Hack Slash podcast. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I thought that was your goodbye. <laughs> uh, goodbye, and hopefully you're all going to be tuning in and listening, because obviously it's not just about Hack Slash, but it is a whole bunch of really interesting, fun tidbits um, throughout a whole bunch of different aspects of media. Gonna stop tonight Let the villains know That she's looking for a fight